underwhelming. That is how I would describe the new potential offensive coordinators that Boston College is reportedly about to hire and the new offensive line coach that they're bringing in. They had a chance to shake things up. They look like they have not done so. And I'm going to give you my thoughts on this and why I might panic a little, but I might not on today's Locked On BC. You are Locked On Boston College, your daily podcast on the Boston College Eagles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Locked on Boston College. This is your host, AJ Black. I'm the editor and publisher of the Eagle Insider, part of the 247 Sports Network. Today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn. With LinkedIn Jobs, you can hire qualified candidates more efficiently by matching open roles with people who have the skills, values, and experience to help you achieve your 2023 goals. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash Locked On College. Terms and conditions apply. All right, so happy Super Bowl Sunday for all of you listening. That was an awful end of that game, but I'm not here to talk about the Eagles and Chiefs. I'm here to talk about Boston College here. And specifically, I want to get into a report by Football Scoop over on, uh, I think they're part of SI now, that over the weekend, BC is getting close to naming their new offensive coordinator, plurals actually, there's two of them, and an offensive line coach. And we're going to get into all of that and then talk about the basketball game and the and a tough weekend for BC sports all around. So if you had listened to what I said on last week's episode, what was the worst case scenario that I came up with for the offensive coordinator? I said, it would be someone internal. I said, BC desperately needs an offensive coordinator who can bring a new fresh set of eyes to this offense. I mean, say what you will about McNulty. At least he wasn't in that on that team in 21. He was a fresh set of eyes. Now, this one, this one, man, they got they got two. So according to the report, it's going to be Rob Chudzinski, who has been a special assistant to Jeff Halfley since Jeff Halfley stepped on, on campus. And pr- also promoted within is going to be uh, quarterbacks coach Steve Shimko. Now, the report doesn't get into who's doing what. We don't get an idea of, you know, Is one person doing one job and one doing another? I don't know. But I just have to say, like, okay, so let's let's start. Let's go down each one. Rob Chudzinski had a pretty prolific offense with the Miami Hurricanes. That you can't take away from him. However, Rob Chudzinski hasn't coached in in college ball in 20 years. Those years, those, those years were... I mean, that's that's like a millennium in, in college sports. He hasn't coached in ages. And he had, you know, he went to the pros and he had some pretty lackluster um, stops at with Cleveland and Indianapolis. So I, I don't hate the Chudzinski hire because he's a guy that I, I think has some talent. Obviously, he's he he has continuity. He he brings um you know, some things that I think BC could use. That being said, I don't know. I always wanted a fresh set of eyes on this offense. One thing you needed throughout all of this is something to change. 
you need something to change. And you're bringing in a guy who was Halfley's, you know, he's his advisor, specifically on offense because, you know, Halfley doesn't know offense because he's a defensive guy. He's so that means to me, his handprints have been all over this offense for two years or, or, or longer, right? Since he's been here. So I look at this, I look at this and I say to myself, this is not what BC needed. I don't know. I, I don't, I, I honestly, I'm not going to guess at what happened in the hiring process. See the message boards all blowing up that Halfley got shot down. I don't necessarily agree with that because I think, I think when you're looking at what BC can do, there's what, you know, 65 pro, uh, there are 65 power five offensive coordinator jobs. People will want that. You may not get your top choice, but you can, you will get your choice. So I think, I don't, I don't agree that no one would hire, go to BC. I, I don't think that's the case. I think personally, just my, my gut opinion with this hire, it all goes back to what I've said all along, which is when I made my big board, when I, when I talked about who they'd hire, Halfley goes with the guys he knows and trusts. He does not look outside the, his comfort zone. He doesn't get new names in there because he always, I mean, from Tem Lokabu to Frank Signetti to John McNulty to almost every position coach that they hired other than Richie Gannell, who's gone, has had some connection to Halfley at some point. He values that a lot. And, you know, the timing is weird. I I admit it didn't it didn't take uh, a genius to see that like why did it take a month if you're gonna hire a guy that's already on your staff? But remember, folks, this is Boston College here. If this is what they hire they did, look how long it took them to announce the transfers. Transfers have been on the on on campus for three weeks, and they just announced them being on campus on Friday. It. It gets to that point for me. Like BC's just slow. They they're they're very very slow. And so I don't. I on I I wonder maybe the reason why we didn't hear that there were candidates that were interviewing. You know, agents love to get the, the, those those out there because it's it's in the best bet. It's in the best interest of their clients if they hear. You know, if if you hear. Um, you know, that your, your guy is getting offers here and there and there and there. So I, I, I look at this and I say, maybe, maybe all along, he just wanted to to promote from within. And maybe that's why McNulty was let off. So, so late, it was like, Oh, you know what? I'm just going to move him and move some guys around. So that's my thoughts on Chud and folks in the comment section. I see the comments going crazy right now. I will get to the comments later in the, in the show. Um, I just, I have a few things off my chest. I got to get first and, um, I like to go through my stuff and then I'll get to the comments. So please uh, see, bear with me. And if you are, if you're not already subscribed to our YouTube page, uh, I love seeing all these new names on there. Um, so the other name, Steve Shimko. All right. So if you didn't like Chudzinski because you thought his name was too ingrained with BC, you're not going to like Shimko. <laughs> I mean, he's been there. He's been the tight ends coach. He's been the quarterbacks coach. Now, I don't know how I feel about him being promoted. I don't. I don't know. 
Uh, I do say of any of the positional coaches, look at what he's been able to do. I think he's done a nice job of bringing guys up. So he was the tight ends coach for Hunter Long, who became really good. He was the tight ends coach for uh, Trey Barry, who I thought was good when he wasn't hurt. Uh, And then he moved over to quarterbacks. And I mean, you can't deny the steps that Emmett Moorhead took. And as much as we want to throw the coaches under the bus for everything, they did develop Emmett Moorhead into what could be a decent quarterback. I mean, in 2021, he looked like a deer in headlights and rightfully so, because he was a kid that hadn't played high school ball. He's developed. And that's a lot of that has to do with coaches. So Shimko can take some credit for that. That being said, I, I said, I, 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 I'm giving you the positives of what I think of him. That being said, I, I really was hoping that they'd go someplace else. I really was hoping that they'd bring somebody in who could challenge Halfley a little bit, really take control of that offense. Um, and I think this this is not what where BC should have been going. Now, in our second segment, well, we have another piece of information about a possible t- potential coaching hire that I know a lot of fans are not excited about either. And we'll get right into that in just a moment. Now, before we do that, I want to tell you about our friends over at LinkedIn. LinkedIn is the place they are one of our partners here at locked on BC. And I love them. They, as a small business owner or hiring manager, you know what success in 2023 all depends on the team members you surround yourself with. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn jobs with LinkedIn jobs. You can hire qualified candidates more efficiently by matching open roles with people who have the skills, values, and experience to help you achieve your goals. LinkedIn jobs helps you quickly attract qualified candidates to your open jobs with targeting tools. They go beyond resume data by using insights from your job post company and their 875 million member profiles to put your post in front of the most qualified candidates. Identify the most qualified candidates on LinkedIn jobs and connect with them fast and free. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. That's linkedin.com slash locked on college. Post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Locked on BC here, AJ Black. As I said before, if you have not done so already, slam, hit, crush that subscribe button here on Locked On BC's YouTube page. Really appreciate it if you have not done. So what I wanted to talk about today, and I have to apologize. If I had to cut this short, I have a sick kid right now. I mean, things are coming out of all ends of this kid. Um, and I'm trying to get a, a quick episode in before I have to go back into dad duty and fix some things. But um, we're going to get into our next part of our episode real quick. Now, that second hire that happened reportedly, again, these have not been confirmed. I reached out to my sources at BC and I've, I haven't heard anything to confirm them yet. But the other part of the, the uh, football scoop article was that Matt Applebaum, former Boston College offensive line coach from 2020 to 2021, is going to be coming back to be the offensive line coach. Now, he was just recently fired by the Miami Dolphins. And uh, after leaving BC in 2021 uh, to go find a new job. Um, obviously, he was replaced by Dave DeGuglielmo, who was just fired at the end of this uh, earlier this week. And Applebaum is a very divisive name. I'm going to leave it, leave it at that, right? He, he came in and you can look at it two ways. You had an offensive line that 
Um, statistically, you know, they let up sacks a lot in 2020. 2021, they were one of the better pass rushing offensive lines on pro football focus. If you look at their grades, they weren't bad. Uh, I think they were 36 in the country. That being said, you could also argue that the offensive line underperformed from a group that had four guys that are battling for NFL jobs and um, Christian Mahogany. So that's another piece of that pie. Now, you know, when I was looking at potential offensive line quote coaches, I thought it was going to be Chris Knee all along. And I honestly, I'm going to say this right now. I, as much as I wished it was not Matt Applebaum and it was somebody else new, I think Matt Applebaum is an upgrade over, um, over Chris Knee. Chris Knee did not have any experience and this offensive line cannot risk a guy learning on the job. Applebaum may have, you know, not the most impressive resume with the Eagles, but he also, you know, also had some experience doing, you know, having in the offensive line, hold it together. And if that, I mean, if you can't find a guy that can do better than that, that's, that's one other thing, but like, I don't know. I think he, he is much more of a proven commodity, no matter what his uh, upper limits are than Chris Snee. And I know a lot of folks are really um, partial to Snee because of his Boston College connection. But really, grand scheme of things, Halfley cannot risk going into 2023 with an offensive line coach that's trying to figure things out as he goes along. Now, Applebaum, um, I heard from some Miami folk, Miami Dolphins, that it he wasn't bad with the Dolphins, that the offensive line just got chewed up by injuries and that he had some issues with the offensive coordinator. That's what that that's all message board fodder though. But I mean, at the end of the day, he's a guy that halfway knows and trusts, so that's what he goes back to. And you know, I think when when you bring a guy in like this, fans are are gonna get disappointed again because it, you, you would, I think a lot of folks were just hoping Halfley would sh- shuffle the deck a little bit, that he would try to get some new names in here, try to get some fresh faces because we've seen what the old faces can do. We've seen the struggles that they've had. And I think Applebaum is going to be a, a name that at least hopefully should solidify the offensive line. So they're not bad. As I said, your gut does not reflect the way that they actually played pro football focus slams BC for everything. And their offensive line grades were really strong when he was there. So I'm just going to throw that back out there. That being said, where, where were we at? Where is thing? Where are things at with BC? I mean, I, I had, I said at the top of the show, underwhelming, this whole process was underwhelming because you know, I th- I think there's a lot to be said about the the concerns of of folks bringing back certain coaches because of what we've seen over the last couple of years. I always go back to that. There's ma- there were major issues that were not. I don't think of it as play calling more than like roster management, which goes more to halfway than anything. But like last year, right? I, I have said on record over and over again that that offensive line was so catastrophically bad that it just bled through everything. 
like that you couldn't pass, you couldn't run because your quarterbacks were getting hit, your running backs couldn't get out of the backfield. Their offense is getting out, you know, off the field way too quick because of all that. And then the defense is forced to stand on their heads and that puts pressure on them. That was the issue last year. You fixed the offensive line. You know, I, I said, like, I think you'll, you'll be better. And then I said the year before you had the, the quarterback issue with Jakovic going down. Dennis Grossell was not the answer. Now we go into this year. We don't know if Emmett Moorhead is going to be the answer more. So we don't know if Emmett Moorhead goes down, who's the guy behind him. So there's questions that still happen that are not are on this roster. Like we're not going into the season with like, oh, we're feeling good because we have no questions about BC and everything's going to be better. I still think there could be some sort of catastrophic issue with this roster management that could derail 2023. But that being said, they're, they're, I think they're much more aligned with fixing some of the issues that they've had. You know, I've heard a lot of good things about Peter Della Portis. I know BC's been looking at quarterbacks in the transfer portal, um, and they almost got one, but th- that's that's the way the cookie crumbles in the transfer portal sometimes. But there's still another portal window that they can fix that. They've, I think, the offensive line should be take a huge step with the return of Christian Mahogany and two transfers to go along with Ozzy Trapillo and Drew Kendall. You know, I think that's a positive, um, um, a positive step too. So that being with all that, those positives, it's not like you're bringing in a coach either at offensive coordinator. And I don't know what, as I said before, I don't know what this means having two offensive coordinators. And I don't know what uh, Matt Applebaum is going to do, but I think they have more to work with and that should be a positive. Now we're going to get into our final segment here. And again, these, these reports aren't confirmed yet. Um, I think it's kind of odd that, you know, that they've been reported, but BC hasn't been responding back. Um, So I don't know if they're just waiting for some eyes to be dotted or whatever, but we haven't heard. And practice starts in less than a month. March 3rd is the start of spring practice. Now in our final segment, I'm going to talk about another bad, (laughs) bad day in the office this weekend. BC Benz basketball who got crushed by NC state on Saturday. Now, are you looking for a delicious treat but don't want all the fats and calories? Then you got to try a Built Bar. We just got through the holidays, and I know my goal is to eat a little healthier this year. And if you're like me when you want to eat healthier but don't want a compromised taste, then, man, I've got the thing for you. you got to try Built. With Built, healthy is actually tasty. Seriously, they're so delicious you won't think they're good for you. Perfect for your New Year's resolution. Best part, they're 100% covered in chocolate. Listen to the, the flavor profiles of this. 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and a whopping 17 grams of protein. And now you don't need to wait around to get a box. For years, we've been talking about ordering your Built Bars at Built.com, but now you can get them at Walgreens and at Walmart or Sam's Club. That's right. Head over to the nearest Walmart today. Head to the pharmacy section and grab yourself a box of Built Bars. They have four bar, bar boxes of cookies and cream, double chocolate, or coconut puffs. And at Sam's Club, you can find 13 bar boxes with brownie batter churros. I'm telling you, you'll thank me later. Head over to built.com as well. Use promo code LOCK15 and you'll save 15% off. This is Locked on BC, AJ Black, and we're wrapping up our show. And we're talking about BC men's basketball here. We're gonna, we've already talked about the coaching disaster, or I don't even want to call it a disaster. The coaching decision. I think a lot of folks are really... Um, on that as a disaster. I'm not there yet, but I, I still think it's underwhelming. That's what the word I'm going to continue using. 
But what wasn't underwhelming and was a disaster was the play of the men's basketball team this weekend. They lost by 30 to NC State. Now, this was a game where nothing was going right. Uh, first of all, Jaden Zachary was hurt. He came back. He played 22 minutes, had a decent game. But it wasn't the... But it wasn't the... Um, the play on offense that really got to me. It was... It was the defense and the play of NC State, man. NC State shot 52% from three-point range, and it felt like they never missed a shot. Every single thing they were shooting was going in. Tarkovian Smith, Joyner, that big dude, DJ Burns. My goodness, that guy looks like he should be playing nose tackle for their football team. This dude goes out there and has like a, like a pretty nice offensive move set, and everyone's hitting their shots. Um. Some of it was defensive problems for BC. I but I, I watched it, and it wasn't like BC was failing to close out on on uh, some of the guards shooting those threes. They were shooting contested threes. They were shooting deep contested threes, and everything was falling. At some points, some points you get games like this where you run into a team that shoots out of their minds like they did in this game, and there's not much you can do. Um, Quinton post, I thought had a tougher game against Burns. Uh, Burns was much more of a bigger body as obviously. Um, and I don't think post is a guy that grinds it underneath the, uh, underneath the court. I think Devin McLaughlin was trying to play that role and TJ Bickerstaff behind him, but they really didn't have any answers there offensively. I mean, they shot, I think it was 43%. So it wasn't bad, but they just couldn't keep up to the pace of the pack. The pack was just shooting. Not, they look like an ACC contender. Kevin Keats, credit to him after a miserable season last year, has really got the pack going. Uh, things are not going to get easier for BC, though. They head to Pitt, who is one of the best teams and the best stories in the ACC, on Tuesday. We'll have full coverage of that game after it happens, and hopefully the Eagles can get back on. I mean, the one positive, you want to take one positive away from that basketball game, it was Chaz Kelly. Uh, well, Quentin Post, obviously, offensively, he's, he's always looking good. I think he had 20-something points again. And Chaz Kelly, though, comes in in the second half um, and scores seven points right off the bench. So, again, it wasn't. I'd like to see him play more, and I, I, I'm, I'm guessing um, Grant went with Madsen over him because I think Turkovy and Smith would have eaten Chaz Kelly alive. Um, he did to Madsen too, but I think he would have had even more trouble. Um, but I, I thought he was he was a positive. Now let's get to quick comments, and then I got to head out um, because I think my little guy's getting sick again. Um, there's a lot of comments here. Um, I, Frank says I've calmed down. My biggest worry is that nobody wanted the job due to half becoming a lame duck next year. I mean, we they, that I don't know. I don't agree with that because Adazio went through offensive coordinators like like candy. And he grabbed, um, I forget what his name is. He's at, NC, at Northwestern now. Uh, he grabbed him as last year. So there are guys out there that will take these jobs. It's not like you're not like they're not going to understand that. Like you know, Adazio was on the on the hot seat too, and he was able to find somebody. Okay. Also, what was the true story with that running back that immediately switched to to Virginia Tech? He wanted to play closer to home. There's no like gotcha moment here on BC staff here. Like he was in the transfer portal. There was a signing day that he was supposed to come to BC to sign Virginia tech pushed hard. He's from that area. His family wanted him to go there. That's like, that's it. So that was the story on, I think you're talking about 
uh, by Sean Tootin, uh, who ended up there. Um, we got some comments about who Mike wrote a lot of comments about how he doesn't like the, the comments. So you can go to YouTube and read it. I prefer Joe bags. Who's another commenter over Shimko and Chud. Uh, Bruce said, I, we need change. If BC has another down year, Halfley should just quit himself. He's hundred percent going to be fired. If we don't get anything better than a six and six record. Yep. Anyone is better than Goog says Frank. Um, Mike also says can't get any uh, worse than Googs. Um. Snee is better than Applebaum. I don't agree with that, Mike. Snee has never coached. Um, and I, I am telling you, like, you don't, you're a power five program. You can't bring in an offensive line coach that has never coached, I, especially in a position that you were terrible at last year. And uh, you guys, and folks can say what they want about Applebaum. Like, the grading of that offensive line is, is much better than what folks remember. Um, and, just go with that. Uh, Dennis says BC hoops is a yo-yo. One day they're great. One day they're horrible. They will end up 500 and not play postseason. Hey, they end up 500. That's a step in the right direction. Where they end up like 13 and what 17 last year. Um, and then that's it for this. We have a couple other comments here, but I got to head out folks. I got a sick kid and I need to run. Uh, this is AJ black. We'll be back again tomorrow to talk more about this game uh, for this upcoming game against Pitt and anything else that's happening. And we'll see you soon. Take care, everyone.